Rhapsodise Presents Doreen, a verse novel in the Australian vernacular by C.J. Dennis Introduced and read by Dennis Daly Clarence James Dennis, 1876-1938, was a journalist and a poet who was most famous for his prolific versifying in an Australian vernacular. As in the case of other poets who wrote in an English vernacular, such as Robert Burns or William Barnes of Dorset, the florid flavour of Dennis's language has often distracted reviewers from justly evaluating the quality of his verse. While the non-Australian listener may often find the accent and the unfamiliar vocabulary off-putting, few would have trouble in appreciating the nonchalant skill with which Dennis constructs his lines. Rhyme schemes are honoured in an easy and natural fashion, and there is a sure grasp of metre artfully disguised by the conversational flow of the discourse. Dennis wrote four verse novels. The Songs of a Sentimental Bloke, 1915, The Moods of Ginger Mick, 1916, Doreen, 1917, Rose of Spadges, 1924. The most famous of these is the first, in which Bill, a larrikin, or hoodlum, who operates in the gangland environment of Little Lon, referring to Little Lonsdale Street in the central business district of Melbourne, meets and falls in love with Doreen. Instantly recognising Doreen as the love of his life, he pursues her, and after various tribulations and misunderstandings, the two marry and settle on a farm. In the last chapter, Bill ruminates on his transformation from a bitter thug to a steady and peaceful family man, making the following affectionate tribute to his soulmate. And I am rich, because me eyes have seen the love light in the eyes of my Doreen. And I am blessed, because me feet have trod a land whose fields reflect the smile of God. Livin' and lovin', learning to forgive the deeds and words of some unhappy bloke who's missed the bus. So have I come to live, and take the old mad world as half a joke. Sitting at evening in this sunset land, with her and all the world to hold me and a son, to bear me name when I am gone, living and loving, so life mooches on. In the moods of Ginger Mick, Bill relates the adventures of a wild young friend, whom he describes in the following words. He was a man of violence, was Mick, coarse with his speech, and in his manner low, slick with his hands, and handy with a brick, when bricks was needful to defeat a foe. Ironically, before his redemption by Doreen, much the same description could have been applied to Bill, who obviously now considers such behaviour rather vulgar. In the third verse novel, Doreen, which is the shortest of the four, the focus returns to Bill's home environment. Here we see the couple bickering over household issues, like the chopping of firewood, the raising of their son, young Bill, and medical treatment. Bill finds himself consistently outsmarted by his loyal but strong-minded wife, and yields with wry grace to her manipulations and ministrations. Rose of Spadges is altogether a darker piece. Bill's pal, Ginger Mick, has died in the First World War, leaving a parting admonition for Bill to look out for his girl, Rose, who lives in the deprived neighbourhood of Spadges Lane. Bill's efforts 
not only place him in considerable physical danger, but also imperil his marriage. As in the preceding novels, he eventually comes to his senses, and a reconciliation is achieved. However, he does have to admit that the bloom of the earlier years of wedded life has been somewhat tarnished. Doreen, the subject of this presentation, has four sections. 1. Washing Day 2. Logic and Spotted Dog 3. Violets 4. Possum Some notes on these titles. Spotted Dog is a sweet pudding made with suet. Violets is the vernacular rendering of violets. Possum refers not to the arboreal marsupial, but to the practice of playing possum, in this case to remain quiet and still to escape attention or remain undetected, or to lay low. Bill tries to do this when recuperating from sciatica, and Doreen punishes him by imposing a full week's bed rest for her now recovered husband. Much of Dennis's vernacular has disappeared from current Australian slang. The term bloke is still in use, but other colloquial generic descriptions of a person, such as coot and cove, have not been used for decades. To assist readers who may have had difficulty comprehending the slang used by Bill even at the time when the books were published, Dennis compiled an extensive glossary which was appended to the published versions of each of the verse novels, except for Doreen. Similarly, the Australian accent has evolved away from its cockney antecedents. With, for with, and for, for for, are rarely heard today. However, the pronunciation of the letter T as CH, as in words like Tuesday, natural, train, and tune, is still prevalent, as is the rendering of the final L in a word rather like a W. Hence, coal may sound like coal. Furthermore, in words ending with W, like cow or how, Australians tend to place a heavy emphasis on the final consonant, whereas in words ending with D, T, or R, the final consonant is often elided. It is also worth noting that in certain instances, two words may be rolled into one. For example, told you can become told you. Here, then, is Doreen, the third and shortest of C.J. Dennis's verse novels. I hope you enjoy luxuriating in its homely but pithy sentiments and in the author's exquisitely managed flow of vernacular expression. Doreen by C.J. Dennis One Washing Day the little gypsy violets, they was peepin' through the green, as she come walkin' in the grass, me little wife Doreen. The sun shone on the sassafras, with thrushes sung a bar, the open worry of our lives was yellin' for his ma. I watched her comin' down the green, the sun was on her hair, just the woman that I married, when me luck was headin' fair. I seen her walkin' in the sun that lit our little farm. She had three clothes pegs in her mouth and washin' on her arm. Three clothes pegs, for I counted em and watched her as she come. The stove wood is low, she mumbles, and young Bill has cut his thumb. Now, it weren't no giddy love speech, but it seemed to take me straight 
Back to the time I kissed her first Beside her mother's gate. Six years of wedded life we've had, And still me dreams is sweet. Oh, them bonds of little violets, They were smiling round me feet. And what's a bit of stovewood count, With paddocks grinning green, When a bloke gets on to dreaming Of the old days and Doreen? The days I thought I snared a saint, But since I've understood, I have wed a dinkum woman, Which is fifty times as good. I have wed a dinkum woman, And she's given me eyes to see, Oh, I ain't been mollycoddled, and there ain't no fluff on me. But days when I was down and out, she seemed so high above, and a saint is made for worship, but a woman's made for love. And a bloke is growing richer as such things he comes to know. She pegs another sheet and says, The stove was getting low. A bloke, he learns a lot of things in six years with a tart. But thrushes in the sassafras ain't singin' like me art. Tis the thrushes who have taught me in their tuneful sort of way that it's best to take things singin' as you meet em day be day. For I wed a real live woman with a woman's happy knack of talkin' reason inside out and logic front to back. And I like it. Struth, I like it. For a wax doll in a home, she'd give a man the flamin' pip and longin's fur to roam. Oh, I ain't no silk sock sooky who abhors the rude and rough. For city born and gutter bred, me schoolin' it was tough, and I like the dinkum woman too. She jerks the clothes props so and says, so sweet and dangerous, the stovewood's gettin' low. See, I've studied men in cities, and I've studied em out here. I've seen em hard through piety, and seen em kind through beer. I've seen the meanest doin' deeds to make the angels smile, and watched the proudest playin' games the crooks had reckon vile. I've studied em in bunches, and I've read em one by one, and there isn't much between em when the whole thing's said and done. And I've sort of studied women, for I've met a tidy few. And there's times, when I was younger, when I kids meself I knew. But him who hopes to count the stars, or measure up the sea, he can have a shot at woman, for she's fairly flummoxed me. I'll have to have some wood, she says, and says it most polite and secret to a pair of socks, and jams a peg in tight. Now, a woman, she's a woman. I have fixed that for a cert. They're just as like as rows of peas from at to em of skirt. And then, they're all so different, you find, before you've done. The more you know of all of them, the less you know of one. And then, the more you know of one, she gives her ear a touch. The stovewood's nearly done, she says. Not that it matters much. The little gypsy violets, they were smiling round me feet, and this dreamin' dilly daydreams on a summer day was sweet. I eased me frame from off the fence, and grabs me little axe. But when I'm halfway to the shed, 
she stops me in me tracks. Your lunch is ready. The old wood can wait a while. Strike! I'm married to a woman, but she never seen me smile. 2. Logic and Spotted Dog Unless you eye that axe, she says, he'll hurt himself real bad. And after all, now, Bill, don't cry. That trouble that I've had with him through croup and whooping cough, he goes and cuts himself. Why don't you hang it on the wall or hide it on the shelf? But there it was, just thrown about. You ought to take more care. You left it there. You left it there, she says. And now? I says, hold on a jiff. Let's get the facts all sorted out before we has a tiff. I'm mighty careful with that axe and never leaves it out. And I'd be mad if that young imp got knocking it about. Old axe, she says. Look at his thumb. A precious lot you care. You left it there. I'm married to a woman, which is natural and right. I says that over to myself for safety, day and night. Most times I says it fond and proud, with gladness in me mind. But sometimes, philosophic-like, and what you'd call resigned. An axe as sharp as that, she says, it really isn't fair. You left it there. The way you pet that axe, she says, the way it's ground and filed, the way you fairly fondle it, you'd think it was a child. And when I pick the old thing up to cut a bit of string, you rave and shout. Wait on, I says, but in's a different thing, and you was chopping fence and wire. She says, well, I don't care, you left it there. I helps myself to spot a dog and choose and thinks a while. I'm really sorry, I begins. Then, as I seen her smile, I plays her for the fun of it, and says, But all the same, if he gets foolin' with that axe, he's got himself to blame. Her eyes spark up. A child like that. Now, Bill, it isn't fair. You left it there. I cuts another slice and says, This spotted dog's a treat. Of course, whoever left it there, I says, was indiscreet. Careless, she says. You know you are. He might have cut his face. An axe as sharp as that, she says, should be kept in its place. Quite right, I says. And not, she says, just thrown round anywhere. You left it there. And then I lets her have it, and I says, Now, think a bit. I put that axe away last night when all the wood was split. Well, that's enough about it now, she says. I seen her wince and says, I put that axe away and haven't used it since. But someone else was using it this morning, I can swear, and left it there. Well, never mind. Poor Bill, she says. Was his poor thumb all hurt? Oh, it's entertaining sometimes for to argue with a skirt. There's someone else, I says, and grins, and kids, I'm doing fine, was using it this morning for to cut a bit of pine. So now, I says, apologise, 
I've beat you fair and square. You left it there. For half a mo she pets young Bill, and wouldn't meet me eye, thinking she was. I knew she was, and then she lets it fly. If you ain't cut that wood, she says, as I implored you to, there wouldn't be no need for me to have such things to do. It ain't right for a woman. Yeah, I says, now I don't care who left it there. Of course you don't, she gets me back. You never care a bit, and it ain't right for a woman to have kindling wood to split while there's a man about the house. I sees the tears is near and pats her ear. Now let it drop, I says. Don't worry, dear. How can I let it drop? She sobs. You said you didn't care who left it there. I do, I yells. I mean, I don't. I, oh, God, spare me days. When you argue with a woman, she has got you either ways. You have to do it in the end. And so I licks the dirt and says, Dear, I apologise. I'm sorry if I hurt. Yes, I'm married to a woman. And she smiles and strokes me air and leaves it there. 3. Violets I was picking gypsy violets for to try and square Doreen. We had words. About pianas, for she wants one awful keen. I words about eye-toned ideas, and like a lovesick fool, here I'm picking gypsy violets when the kid come home from school. He started school a month ago, and ain't got very far, but judging by the scraps he has, he's taken after par. I tips the something wrong the way he sneaks around the house, and then I seen his eye. Oh, strike! He had a bonzer mouse, a real black eye, that in me day I would have worn with pride. But I'm a father now, and says, Here, son, you get inside, and show your mother that there eye. How did it come about? Says he. A big bloke give me that. I knocked the beggar out. I looks for half a second at the family disgrace. And then I picks another violet so he couldn't see me face. I was grinning most unfatherlike and feeling good inside. You show your ma that eye of yours. I'm shamed of you. I lied. I watch him creep inside the house and hear his mother's yell. And then I straightens up me face and goes inside as well. Was raw beef steak and vinegar and tears before she's done, and the sort of look she give me says, "You see how he's begun." I don't disturb the rights except to give some kind advice. In younger days, I've caught black eyes and give 'em once or twice. That big boy should be punished," says Doreen. "Who it our bill?" I patch the hero's bandages and answers her, "He will." That evening, down behind the shed, near where the scrub grows dense, I gives young Bill a lesson in the art of self-defence. I teaches him an uppercut that Ginger Mick taught me in old days down in Spadger's Lane. I gets down on me knee to show him how to time his it, 
He sneaks beneath me guard, quite sudden, while I'm yappin', and he cracks me one real hard. Did it please me? What do you think? Strike! That kid has got the knack, and it pleased me all to pieces how the old game all came back. Left swings and jolts and short-arm jabs, the old dash box of tricks, such as we used down in the lane when we were short of bricks. I'm showing him a fancy it, a real ding-dong clout, when the murderin' young savage tries to knock me front teeth out. Of course, he heard his little hand, and fetches out a yell that brings Doreen down double quick. And then it was Mariel. She grabs the kid up in her arms, and gives me such a look as I ain't seen since years ago when I done, uh, something crook. You'll have him just like you was, she cries. I'd sooner see him dead. You want to make him? Don't, I says. We'll take the rest as said. It hurt to see her shield him as though I was a plague, and ain't he mine as much as hers? Yet I seen, sort of vague, the woman's way she looked at it, the pictures that she had of young Bill going to the pack and following his dad. I tries me artist to explain, and made some fool excuse. But I'm married to a woman, and... Ah, what's the flamin' use? I tells her if we'd have young Bill keep up his end at school, he'll have to use his flippers. But I says it like a fool. I says it like I was ashamed to have him learn to fight, when all the time, down in me heart, I knew that I was right. She just gives me another look and goes on with the kid. And me? I picks them violets up, not knowing what I did. I adds them fool things in me, and when I lobs in the house, and makes bets with meself about the chances that she'll rouse. But her, she comes the calm and cold. Thinks I, here's where I fall for a forty-quid piano if I want to square it all. Goodbye to forty lovely quid, time payment fifty-three. Then all at once she smiles and says, Did you pick those for me? Did you pick those for me? She says, Oh, Bill. And then, Oh, Bill. I hints I had ideas to leave em to her in me will. She grabs em dilly violets and she holds em to her nose. Oh, Bill. She smiles. You ought to know how fond I was of those. Oh, Bill, you dear. She hugs me then, just in the same old way. Struth, I'm married to a woman and... I'll learn young Bill some day. 4. Possum Just here it gripped me on a sudden like a red-hot knife. I was digging in the garden, talking pleasant to me wife, when it got me good and solid, and I fetches out a yell, and curses soft down in me neck, and breathes hard for a spell. Then, when I tries to straighten up, it stabs me ten times worse. I think perhaps I'm dying, and chokes back a real hot curse. I've worked too fast, I tells Doreen. Me backbone's running hot. I'm sick, I've got... Ooh, holy wars! I don't know what I've got. Just here, don't touch. Just round back here, a blazing little pain is clawing up me spinal cord. 
and sliding down again. You come inside, she says. Perhaps it's stooping in the sun. Does it hurt much? I says, oh no, I'm having lots of fun. Then, cooing to me, woman-like, she pilots me inside. It stabs me every step I takes. I thought I could have died. There now, she says, men can't stand pain. It's all us understood. Stand pain, I owls. Then, jumping jakes, it gets me really good. So I gets to bed in sections, for it gives me beans to bend, and shuts me eyes, and groans again, and just waits for the end. Now you lie still, she orders me, until I think what's best. Perhaps hot bran or poultices. You just lie still and rest. Rest? Holy gosh! I clenched me teeth and clawed the bloomin' bunk, for a red-hot poker jabbed me every time I much as wunk. I couldn't cough, I couldn't move, I couldn't get me breath. Look after Bill, I tells Doreen. I feel that this is death. Death, fiddlesticks, she laughs at me. You just turn over now. I owls. Yeah, don't you touch me, or there'll be a blazin' row. I want to die just as I am. She says, Now, Bill, ever since, this has to go on while it's hot. I groans. I've no defence. And so she has her way with me. And though I'm sufferin' bad, I couldn't help but noticin' the gentle touch she had. That evening, when the doctor comes, says he, Oh, hurty much? Where's the trouble? I says, Where you ain't allowed to touch. He mauls and prods me while I owls to beat the bloomin' band. Gaw blimey, I'd a cracked him if I'd the strength to lift me hand. Describe your symptoms now, says he. I fills meself with wind and slung him out a catalogue while he just stood and grinned. Aha, he says, sciatica, oh, we'll soon have you well. Sciatica, says I. You sure you don't mean jumpin' hell? It ain't no privet devil with a little jagged knife. Tut, tut, he grins. You'll soon be right. I leaves you to your wife. I looks at her. She smiles at me. And when I seen that smile, Oh, boulderses, I groans. And she enjoys it all the while. But I'm married to a woman, and I gives you my straight tip. It makes a man feel glad of it when sickness gets a grip. Her looks is full of tenderness, her ways is full of love, and her touch is like a blessin' as she gently bends above. Her speech is firm, but motherin', her manner strict, but mild. You're her husband, and her patient, and her little orphan child. When you're married to a woman, and you're feelin' well and right, when your frame is full of ginger, and your mouth is full of skite, then you talk about the missus in an offhand sort of way. She's handy in the house if she don't have too much to say. But when old man's sciatica, he does you up real neat, then she's your own real mate, she is, and all your hands and feet. And so, Doreen, she nurses me while I lie there and grouch, for I'm snarky when I tumble that it ain't me dying couch. 
I barks at her, and snarls at her, and orders her about, and nearly wears her feet off her with trotting in and out. And while old man sciatica, he has me in his sway. Doreen, she just gives in to me, and allus gets her way. Three solid days I has of it, and then the pain lets out. I'm feeling fit for graft again, and wants to get about. It's then she lets me see her hand, and orders. You stay there, until you get your health and strength to sit up in a chair. But there's that stavewood, I begins, says she. Now, don't you fret, I'm very sparing with it, and there's tons and tons there yet. Tell you straight, I got to like it. It's a crook thing to confess, but to have her fussin' round me give me chunks of happiness. So it gets out in the garden with me armchair and a rug, and I comes a floppin' invalid, and makes myself real snug. I droops me eyes and hangs me hands and looks dead crook and ill, and wriggles every time she says, What would you like now, Bill? And then, one day, I use the axe down there behind the house. And I sees myself a loafer, and me conscience starts to rouse. I ease me frame out of the chair, and wanders down the yard. She's beltin' out a knotty log, and beltin' good and hard. I grabs the axe. Give up, I says. I ain't no shattered wreck. This is my job. And then, gore's truth, I gets it in the neck. Am I your wife? She asked me straight. Why can't you trust me, Bill? Am I not fit to see to things when you are weak and ill? I tries to say I'm possuming, and really well and strong. But every time I starts to talk, she's got me in the wrong. You can't deceive me, Bill, she says. Your health is fur from good. You just can't trust your wife to chop a little bit of wood. You gotta come out in the cold, she says, without your wraps. And now I'll have you on me hands for days with a relapse. I've been pretending, I explains, she says. Am I your wife? You'd sooner than you'd trust to me, you'd go and risk your life. Well, I'm married to a woman, and it might seem sort of meek. I goes back into bed again, and hates it for a week. The End <laughs>